0: morning again for the third time. God is so good, isn't he? God is good. Do you do you believe it though? Yeah, good. He is so so good. Um before all the time, before I get started, I'd like to first of all again as usual, thank the leadership team here for allowing me to get up here, because this is my favorite thing to do, and I, more so for their, um, them trusting God with me um, to get up here and, uh, and give away what God has. So thank you so much um, for allowing me to do that. I honor you, honor God, um, and this church, this family. Love you all. Um, straight into it, a husband told his wife you need to embrace your failures. And so she hugged him. <laughs> yes. Now the tension's gone. Now I'm relaxed. I'm in the zone now. I got what I I got one laugh and I'm happy with it. No, so um yeah, God is so good. Um, man, he's uh He's been talking to me a lot uh, throughout my life, really, but um, really since, uh, if if some of you don't know, mom and dad went on, a, or pastor and pastor's wife, pastor Duane and sister Tammy went on a sabbatical and um, we're so glad they did, me less than others, but we're so glad they did um, because it gave an opportunity for, um, for, man, God's children to step up into their identity and and begin to be used by them and uh, honestly to step out on a ledge and um, i stepped way out on the thinnest branch and uh, and it held oddly enough so um but they gave us the opportunity to uh to start meeting together and and potentially giving away a word from god and um during that time um man he's he's been talking and uh over the last couple weeks He's really been dealing with me about things that we like to carry um, that aren't ours, that He didn't really give to us. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to trust God, and not so much that we don't believe what He's saying, because um, we know he's, he's yet to fail. He's yet to f- fall short of His Word, um, and I mean, we're all here today because of His grace, and because of things that he's promised us. And uh, I, uh, I always struggled with really being able to uh, step into a calling um, that he had. And even though, even knowing it, I, the only way I know how to relate it, I'm a, I'm a sports fan, I'm a big Longhorn fan. And the only way I can get away is um, I'll record a game on the occasion whenever I don't get the opportunity to watch one. <clears throat> and my intentions are to go home that evening. And, uh, and watch the game and enjoy it as if it's live. And I have this awesome brother, if none of you know him, who will call me twice a year. And both times he does happens to be the day that I record a Longhorn football game. And it's usually like, yes, they won. And I'm just like, dude, I recorded it. Or, oh, man, almost. And I'm like, bro, come on, call me on my birthday. Don't. They're not even playing whenever my birthday is here. Call me then, man. But he finds a way to ruin it all the time for me. And because I'm such a fan, I will go home, and I'll turn the game on. I'll sit down. I'll grab my popcorn and whatever. And I'll watch it anyways Um, because I'm a fan, and I want to see how it all plays out. And even knowing the outcome of the game, knowing for sure that they're going to win or lose, I will sit there and I will be nervous. What is going to happen? I already know the outcome. Why on earth am I freaking out about this? And and some and God kind of spoke to me on it. He was like, son, you struggle with trusting what you know is truth and what I've said because you struggle with the process. And uh Yeah, so here I am today, and uh, we are going to have so much fun. I'm actually, I've been nervous about this all week, but now I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have a good time. God's going to get across what He wants to, and He's going to do it the way that He wants to, and lives are going to be touched. um, And I'm believing that, and uh, really just, um, man, God, let your words come out of me, and do not let Dathan say anything, except for the first part where I got to laugh. So. Awesome, so um, I am uh, coming home one night, and uh, most of y'all who have heard me speak ever or even just talking in communication, I talk about my kids all the time. My kids are um, the best educators in the world. Um, There's not a professor at any Ivy League college that can um, help me understand or teach me lessons like my children do. And uh, one night, coming home late, uh, living in an car- apartment complex. I'm building 13. It's the furthest building away from the front of the, the apartment complex. And uh, that particular day, we got home a little late, so I had to park good ways away. And um, it's the first day my kids come home. It's on a Friday. And... So, I restock up. I have a case of 40 bottles of water, um, a big old pack of wipes because my son's still learning how to control himself at night. And uh, I'm toting this, I'm toting two bags. I have a backpack my backpack, my daughter's backpack, my son's backpack. And we're going to take about a quarter mile walk. And uh, my daughter has a little night night. She carries this little blanket with her everywhere. She's seven. My son's two, and she has like a little gift baggie from a birthday party. And my son has his little toy motorcycle. And we're trucking along, and I'm struggling and readjusting, and we get about halfway there. And my daughter looks over at my son, and she goes, Brody, you're so lucky. All you have to carry is a motorcycle. And I'm standing right between these two. She looks past me, struggling. And looks at my son and is like, man, you've got it easy. I have to carry this two-ounce blanket and this little baggie full of candy that I get to eat later. Man, you're lucky. And man, I get frustrated and I'm gritting my teeth and I want to say something, but I don't. I don't know why I didn't, but I didn't. And I continue on walking. And come up um, to see this dime on the ground. And if none of you know, we had a minister, uh, a prophet, years ago. I was 9 or 10 years old. I'm 19 now, so it was only 10 years ago. But so it wasn't that long ago. It was a long time ago. And he had come to our church when we were in a storefront, and um, God had given him... A word, and he told him, when you come across a dime, bend down and pick it up and claim your spiritual blessing. A dime is significant to a spiritual blessing. God gave this to him. And he said, and when you come across a penny, bend down, pick that penny up, and claim your financial blessing. So in that, I mean, insignificant, a dime, who's going to, you know, especially when your hands are full, you're not even, you don't even care about a dime. But I see this dime... And I've been doing it for 10 years, like I said, since I was 9 been picking up dimes and pennies, and I just thank you, Jesus, for this spiritual blessing I claim and put in my pocket. I've got this money jar at home that's full of dimes and pennies and the occasional nickel or quarter. But I've just been doing it out of habit, you know, because I believe God blesses. And I'm not going to miss out on a blessing that he has for me. But that day, I had my hands full, and I had to step over that dime and walk on by, and I got a little more frustrated. We get, finally get to the apartment, crawl up, crawl up three flights of stairs, because we live on the top, and again, I'm frustrated at my kids, I put everything away, get your pajamas on, let's go to bed, and we get in bed. God hasn't talked to me yet at that time, but 2020 hindsight. I was carrying a lot of stuff. It's, it's semi-necessary. I mean, we needed it at home, but the significance of it was my hands were too full to pick up a blessing that God had for me. I'm toting around all of my stuff. You know, I went to the store and purchased it with my money. If we listen to Pastor's message recently, what do we really own? And he began to talk to me about stewardship and nothing really being yours. And what is stewardship really? It's supervising something that belongs to somebody else. It's not really having ownership of anything, but really taking care of somebody else's possessions, company, things, maybe theology, whatever it is, it's really taking care of it, supervising it. There's no ownership in stewardship apart from God's ownership. In that, he began to talk to me about all of these things that I am carrying and that I've taken ownership of, and he begins to bring back memories of childhood, of whenever I said no to mom and dad for the first time, and I picked up my first backpack, my first lunchbox, whatever you want to call the baggage. I picked something up that he didn't really intend for me to have, and now here I am carrying around disrespect towards my parents. You know, And it wasn't all the time. I mean, we, we lived in a wonderful household, and um, I'd say about 50-50, I was obedient the other 50% of the time. Zero uh, percent of the time I got away with it, and uh you know it's just now it's a part of me it's just kind of something that I took ownership of, and this is who I am. I grow up a little and start hanging out with all the right people because <clears throat> I grew up in a church home you know we didn't we didn't know anybody outside of church and small town at like that um that's sarcasm I did hang out with everybody I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> I wanted to hang out with all the right people. I had a lot of great friends at church, but again, growing up in it, um, man, I'm a PK. We are the worst of them, you know? So I was associated with all the other uh, leaders, children, and we did what we could to get away with anything. How far could we push it? How, how much can we do without it being noticeable? You know, we learned to hide things very well growing up in church. It's so easy to put a mask on and to cover up all the flaws and the things that we carry around. So life continues. Yeah, it hit my adolescent years, and of course, we all know it gets much easier as a teenager. Life just kind of falls in your lap as a teenager. And so I started taking on other things. You know, I, the first time I ever was hurt by someone, by a friend, by a girl, by a teacher. You know, and now I've got pain that I've taken ownership of. And now I've got this other piece of baggage. And before you know it, you've got both your hands full, both shoulders, your back, your legs. You know, you get married. That's a large piece of baggage. (laughs) That's a a European trip. And then you have kids, and it, it just seems like everything gets so much easier. And before you know it, I mean, you're under you're under it all. There's there's no light to the end of the tunnel on that one. And now you've got this precious family, and all of this baggage that you've been picking up. And all you can really give away to them is what you know to give away and it's what you have in your possession. And so what you, I ended up giving away was a lot of heartache, um, a lot of untrust, a lot of, honestly, my idea of love. And I took all the pain and everything around what I thought love was and I... Boxed it up into this beautiful little package and put some fun wrapping paper on it and a big old bow on it to make it look good and that's what I could give my family and it doesn't last it doesn't last it's not sustainable because it's mine it's not it's not what God gave me it's not it's not the love that he has shown me it's it's what I know and what I've come to learn over the years and from all of my hurts, you know, you hurt me this way, I'm going to hang on to that because I'm not going to let you hurt me again. And we start to give a lot of value to our baggage. Like I said, it It takes time to get over hurt. And you can go through a relationship and, and be in it for a long time and time and time again, you try to mend it, and you, you think everything's okay, and you do it again, and things get rough, and you try to mend it, and you do what you need to do. You make the changes you need to make. You change your identity. You say, I'm going to be better. I'm going to do this better. I'm going to do that. And you live up to that for a moment, and then something happens again, and you make another shift, and your identity changes a little bit more. And you fix it again the way you know how to fix it, but still hanging on to all of this stuff, and you're still giving away the same stuff over and over and over again. And it's never really healing. It's never really ending. All you're doing is causing more pain. I get home, again, put the kids to bed, and... uh, We get up the next morning and take my children to school. I'm still frustrated. I'm aggravated about, for one, my daughter thinking that she's got it tough, and life is easy for me toting all of this stuff that I'm toting around. So I dropped them off at school, and I get home. I'm inside the parking lot. I'm walking back to my apartment, and uh, that dime's still sitting there on the ground done. I pick that dime up and I say, thank you, Jesus, for my blessing, and I put it in my pocket. And that's when God decides to speak. And he says, son, the reason that you couldn't pick up my blessing that I had for you is because you were holding on to all of your stuff. And as long as your hands are full of your baggage, you cannot receive from me what I have for you. And like I said earlier, we may take look at a dime as being something very insignificant, but when Ron Turner came to San Antonio and he put a value on a dime that made it more than just 10 cents, when he put something as significant as a spiritual blessing on it, that dime became very important. Like I said, I've got a jar of dimes and pennies at home, and one day I'm going to be the most wealthy dime and penny owner but I'm telling you, I'm not going to miss out on the potential blessing that God has. And I know He has blessings in it because it was promised, and God's word is true. What He says is true. He began to talk to me about His gifts and how His gifts are kind of like a piece of baggage, but not as in a weighty piece of baggage. In fact, He talks about his load being light and easy in the Scriptures. And the blessings that he has for us, crazy enough, as much as they are for you, they are not for you. We go to the story of Jesus and the congregation of about 5,000, not counting women and children, And uh, them being starving. Everybody's hungry. They're complaining. I want something to eat. And all they can find is five loaves and two fish. A little boy in the congregation had it, and God said, bring it to me. So he brings it to him. And the story goes, God blesses it, and he begins to break it. And what he does is he hands that loaf and that fish to his disciples, and then his disciples take it, and they did not eat it. But they turned and they gave it to the congregation. And as God's blessing it and giving it, they're turning and giving more. And it's just constant, constant. It never ends. And that's what a blessing or a gift from God is like. It's not for you to hang on to. It's not something for you to, hey, God, you know, I need something right now. And God just pours out on you. And then for you to just, okay, I got this. And then another blessing from God. And you grab it and hang on to it. And before you know it, you know, I'm going I'm to save all these blessings that God gave me because they're for me. God never gives you something with intentions of you holding on to it forever, if at all. He gives his blessings and his gifts are for you to give away. The best gift that we could ever receive is God himself. The Father man when he just when he fills you up and gives you the opportunity that's that is the best gift that you can receive and the best gift that you can give away and it is a never ending blessing so god gives us these gifts and he's asking us to give them away he's not asking us to hold on to them he's not asking you definitely to give away your own things you have to let those things go God's gifts are the only good gifts. Like I said before, we can take what we've learned and we can, we can wrap things up beautifully and think we're giving away something. But actually, go to Matthew 7, verse 11. So if you then, though are evil, <clears throat> know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? We know that only good gifts come from God, so we can't give anything good. And again, all you can give away from yourself is what you're holding on to. And if you're holding on to your baggage, then that's what you're going to give away. And as long as your hands are full of it, you're not going to receive the blessings that God has for you. In James 1.17 NIV version, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father, of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. I like the way it says in the message version. It says, So my very dear friends, don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word, showing us off as the crown of all his creatures. And 1 Peter said, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Again, God gives us gifts not to hang on to, but to give away. You may be here today. I know, like I said, I've, I have struggled with it for all of my life, hanging on to things because... I give them value. I've given all of my load value. And I have only caused frustration to my children who have given it right back to me. And thank you, Jesus, for them, because, like I said, I wouldn't have learned half the lessons that I've learned if it were not for them. The longer we hang on to this baggage and these things without letting it go, can turn into garbage, and we're all just, honestly, if we're truthful with ourselves, we're a bunch of hoarders. We love our stuff, and it's hard to let it go because you never know when you're going to need it. Like I said before, it's, when you get hurt, it's natural to hang on to that hurt because that's your identifier of, you know, I felt this pain when this situation started to happen. And so to avoid this pain again, I'm going to hang on to this pain. I remember what it felt like, but when that happens, I'm going to get rid of those people, that person, that job, whatever it is that may cause this hurt again. And now I've given that pain some value, and it's hard to let it go. And all of our junk is ours, you know, the identity that I am today is, is mine, and I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose who I am. And so I've covered up God's identity with my own identity, and I'm neither true to myself or true to anyone else. I'm not even true to God. All of that baggage can, in time, turn into garbage and start to stink, and honestly, it can become poisonous after a certain amount of time and now you are really hurting relationships you are you're sowing toxicity into is that a word into other people and you're giving something away that unfortunately is contagious and you're sowing this and now that is reproducing and the only way to get rid of it is to give it to God how do you do that you know it's it sounds so much easier than just doing just leaving it and walking away from it it really comes down to the basics repentance you know me and my frustration I I give it when we have our team meetings and we get together, um, leadership here. I'm a frustrated individual, and I'm not ashamed to show it. (laughs) God does not mind your honesty. In fact, that's what he's looking for. He doesn't mind you being where you are. He doesn't mind that you're overwhelmed, and all he wants is you to come to him with your load. And not pretend like it's not there and just kind of drop it off and run away and be like, okay, everything's good. I can go on. Now I'm free of this. Now God, give me your blessings. And it doesn't work that way. He's looking for your honesty in your pain and in your heartache and in the hard times. He is okay with you letting out your frustrations and your anger and God, I am not okay. I am not happy. I know that this isn't good for my relationships. I know this isn't good for me. And I know this is holding me back from really knowing you and really knowing myself and who you say I am. The first step really is just repentance. God, here it is. Forgive me. And you begin to drop this baggage off. You begin to start to let go of things. In 1986, Philadelphia went through a strike with a garbage disposal, basically, and uh, they accumulated over forty thousand tons of garbage of toxic waste, and uh, had absolutely nothing to do with it. didn't know didn't know how to get rid of it. had nowhere to put it. Again, laborers were striking against it, so no landfills would take it. Um, it was just burnt garbage and. They loaded it up onto a freight liner, <clears throat> forty thousand tons of garbage. They put it on this freight liner and uh, was going to look for a place to dump it. So they set out to sea and they stopped at multiple different countries trying to get rid of this garbage, and nobody would take it. Yeah, well, it was burned. They already burned it, it as ash. So they're trying to get rid of this garbage, and they're going from port to port, and nobody will receive it. And the ship becomes so contaminated that nobody will even let the ship dock. They would only allow them to stop to refuel and to go back out to sea. Two years of looking for a place with garbage. Two years they carried this load. In 1992, the captain was summoned to the court, subpoenaed to the courts, and he admitted to dumping this load in the Indian Ocean. 40,000 tons of garbage dumped it in the ocean. During that time, this ship had changed its name three times, had completely lost its identity. And who it was, trying to get somewhere else. It was trying to become someone that it wasn't. But this ship was so famous that just seeing it, it was recognized as the Pelicano and known for this ship that was not allowed to port anywhere. Very similar to that, we carry baggage and people don't want it. People don't want our garbage. You know, we can't fool anyone with our garbage. And oddly enough, the only way for them, whether right or right or wrong, the only way they were able to get rid of it was to dump it at sea, to submerge it in water. Kind of like baptism. <laughs> we're not, not saying you're all trash. I'm saying what you're carrying is trash. <laughs> But it, it begins with repentance. It begins with God, here I am, here is all of my baggage, here's what I'm carrying, and I don't want it anymore. And then letting him just completely wash you in baptism, wash it away. And I mean, you're being covered, you're being covered in his blood. I mean, you can't wash that off. I'm sorry. You get in his blood and it's there forever. And I mean, you've ever tried to take blood out of a shirt? It's near impossible. Actually, it is impossible. Technically, it's still in there. Um, Get a forensic scientist, and they're going to find it. You can't really get rid of it. I was uh, traveling to Denver to be with my sister and my brother here recently, and... um, the reason for the visit was golf, actually. The excuse was hang out with my brother and sister. And uh, so I get into the dinner, my brother and I fly out, we grab our golf clubs, load them up, you know, just typical travel. You get there, you grab your stuff, you go on, you enjoy your vacation, you come home. You know, everything's supposed to work perfectly on vacation. Never any issues happen on vacation. Especially family vacations, they're spot on every time. So we load up and uh, we fly into Denver and we hop off our plane and Denver's airport's crazy. Not near as crazy as others, but it's, it's crazy. Compared to San Antonio, I love San Antonio's airport. God, it's so simple. San Antonio's airport's God, simplicity. And we, uh, so we get to Denver and um, we hop off, we get to the main part of the airport where the terminals are. <clears throat> And my brother goes over to uh, the Info Center, and he's reading where we're supposed to grab our bags. And so we go over to Terminal 5, which he thought he read, and there's no bags at all. They're not even turned on. Okay. We stand there for about five minutes looking, watching everybody else enjoy themselves, grabbing all their golf clubs, and golf team was in town. And they're going, and okay, where's our stuff? So we walk back to the information, and I read on there, it's Terminal 6. Awesome. So we walk over to Terminal 6. I see my duffel bag, and um, my attention's on my duffel bag. I go and grab my duffel bag. My brother grabs his bag, and his golf clubs come around. He's like, "Where's your golf clubs?" I was like, "I'm just waiting for him." He goes, "Dude, I think somebody just walked off with your golf clubs." And I was like, well, "Maybe it's a, they're all black bags. Every travel bag is black, so hey, we're fine. We'll wait." So we're waiting. I'm waiting and waiting, somebody took my baggage and I didn't give it to them. So I report it to Southwest. I didn't say that, disclaimer. It was not Southwest, an airline. <laughs> there. It was an airline. I reported it. Hey, so this happened, yada yada went through the deal. Got a phone call. Somebody had stolen my golf clubs. They found the travel bag, emptied, and it's just sitting in the parking lot at a Target. But somebody has my baggage. And that baggage was valuable. That baggage was, you know, 15, no, 2005. Yeah, 17 years worth of accumulated stuff that I love to play with not very well, but I like to play with it. So I got the opportunity to um, not play with my golf clubs while I'm there. And uh, crazy enough, ended up playing much better than with my own stuff. And the whole reason for being there again, it was golf. I was actually going to help somebody with their golf game. And uh, it wouldn't have turned out. The confidence that they had in me after having not had my baggage, blessing in disguise, I played with a much for, more forgiving set of golf clubs, and um, I played really well. So the confidence of this individual was a lot higher in what they were getting from me as far as what I could give away with instruction. Oh, he says it. He does it. Cool. It works. I will do that too. Well, with my stuff, he says it, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know. Maybe they wouldn't have gained as much out of it. I say all that because airlines, no one in particular, um, will let you claim for your lost baggage. And uh, my baggage... I've ran the numbers on it and everything and got it. Um, They don't value it at its current value, but at its original value. And God got rid of my baggage, and I'm, again, saying this, and it's in a very carnal way, but he got rid of my baggage that I had with the opportunity to bless me with significantly better gift. Baggage, if you want to call it, but... He took something that I valued, and he took it away, and he exchanged it for something much more valuable. And at the time, I could have seen it as, you know, I said, at the time, crazy enough, it was the only time I would ever lose my golf clubs because they're very precious to me and not be frustrated about it. I was actually at peace about it, and I really don't know why. And you now I was just like, okay, I'm on vacation. I'm going to have a good time. They're golf clubs. It's not much. It's not something that I absolutely had to have. It's something that I like to have, but it's not something that I need. It didn't hinder me from having a wonderful time on vacation. In fact, I had a much better time, had a lot of stories, and I learned a great lesson because God got to talk to me a lot more about my baggage and that He's not wanting me to hang on to my stuff. but to free myself of it so that I can receive what he has for me. In Matthew 11 and 28, the message version, I love the way this reads. Um, I read it in every version and this way just, it speaks to me. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. God's things for you are easy. What he has for you isn't weighty, unless you're giving a word, it sometimes feels heavy and it's more of just some, there's a conviction in what he's giving, but what he has for you is so easy to give away. The gifts that he wants to give you are life-giving. Like I said, it starts with repentance. God, here I am. This is me and my ugly mess. I've got nothing to give I've got all of this baggage, and I just want to lay it down at your feet. We give it away. He redeems us. Find salvation. You get filled with his spirit. And crazy enough, for me anyways, I was nine whenever I received him for the first time. And it was uh, it was quite the experience and um, nobody could do anything wrong to me. As far as I was concerned, the night that I got filled with the Holy Spirit and received him, um, some dude spilt a massive soda right on my brand new suit for church camp. And if you've ever been to church camp, the brand new suit was like the thing. You had to be looking good at church camp. And that was like the whole idea of church camp wasn't the church. It was how good can I look for everybody else? How much better can I do than everybody the sport? It was all about that. But somehow God found me there. And whenever I had received him, this dude just spilt this massive soda right on me. And I smiled. It's okay. Loved on the guy. Everything was fine. sat there in my, it was a heather gray too, it was super light. So soda's really showing up on it. And I'm sitting there and it doesn't bother me. You know, I'm a mess. Yeah, I get it. But a week goes by and I got home and all that baggage that I had left somehow found its way back on my back. And it's so easy to then at that point feel so condemned and shameful. Like, man, God, you got rid of this and here I am picking it back up. And taking ownership of it all over again. And a lot of times that's kind of what keeps us from coming back. But. God would be like any parent out here. When your child starts to walk for the first time or is starting to take its first steps. I remember when Macy was right out here in the the foyer. Um, She was about 10 months old. And. uh, She stands up, and we get her, and she's wobbling. And we're super thrilled that she's even standing in the wobble, and we're cheering her on. And she takes one half a step, foot doesn't really get to the ground, and she hits the floor. And instead of scolding her for falling, we get so excited, and we rejoice. Man, you, you're trying to do something. You're taking steps. You're you're attempting to take a step. And we'll pick her back up and we'll set her on her feet and she'll stand there and wobble. And she'll touch the floor the first time and then hit the ground. And we don't scold her. And if we as earthly parents can do that with our children, why do we think that God wants nothing to do with us because we fall? Because we choose to pick something up again and we take ownership. God's not like that. God's like, it's okay. I love you. My love is unconditional. There's nothing you can do or say that would change that about me. You don't realize that before you were, I was already thinking about you. The purpose for me even creating was because of you. I said it man, months ago. It wasn't about all of us. Like when God was thinking about you, he was thinking specifically about you. Again, I I said in the past, when God died on the cross, what came in front of him, what he saw as he's dying on the cross was Melissa, it was you. Melissa, I'm dying for you. But at the same time, Bill, I'm dying for you. It was extremely personal for him. He didn't throw this massive umbrella blanket over everybody and said, I'm doing this for everyone. No, it was for each and every one of you on a very personal level. That's how much our God loves us. But yet we can pick something up and we can turn and think that he wants to wash his hands clean of us and walk away. And it's so easy to fall into that shame and guilt. I just want to tell you today, That's not how it ends, and that's not how our Father is at all. And He's okay with us stumbling and falling, and He's okay with our garbage. He wants to take it off. He wants to release you from it. He wants you to be free, and He wants you to be full of Him. We're all reflections of Him. We're made in His image. It's not our identity. It's His identity. It's who He says we are as we start to wind this down, as I start to close, I just want to really give you the opportunity today to put aside the things that you've gathered over your lifetime. And maybe you've done it before. Maybe you're carrying no baggage at all and you're hosting God's presence the right way. Maybe you get up every single day and you look at yourself in the mirror, as pastor says, and you kill the old man every single day but it is a process. It's not something that you just wake up one day and you step out into and you don't have to worry about it today. You just run out the door and everything's cool. It's it's not like that. It is a process. It continually is dying to yourself. I want to give you that opportunity today. If you haven't before, if you've never given your load to God, if you've never repented, today is the perfect day to do that. If you've never been baptized, if you've never been completely washed and and everything that you've been carrying and all of the garbage, if it hasn't been submerged, if it hasn't been covered and God's not taking it away, today is the perfect day to do that. If you've never been filled with his spirit and received a good, good gift as only he can give, if you've never done that and you've never had that experience, and you want a good gift from God, if you want to free your hands up and really take hold of what He has for you, today is as good a day as any. That's the only way that you'll really be able to give a good gift away. If you would please stand with me at this time. God doesn't want any of us going out the exact same way that we came in here. Again, you may have made steps in the past. You have made made steps already forward today. But I would urge you to take that next step. And don't stop with just one step. And if you fall, God is rejoicing that you're even taking the initiative to make a step towards Him. And you've got a family around you here that is rejoicing with you that you are taking steps as well. There's no condemnation here today. There's no one here forcing you to do anything that you don't wanna do, but I promise you letting go of your baggage will make life so much easier. Don't pass up the blessing that God has for you. The story of me with my kids and, and walking past that dime To have come back to that dime the, the following day and to see it there and to be able to pick it up, God, God just impressed in my spirit. He said, son, just because you stepped over that dime the first time and your hands were too full to pick up the blessing that I had for you, he said, it doesn't mean that you missed out on a blessing. My blessings for you are specifically for you. And the only reason you will never receive a blessing that God has for you isn't because you miss out on it. It's because you choose not to release what you have in your hands and reach down and pick up the blessing that he has for you. It's for you and only you. If you wanna trade in your baggage today and you wanna receive something from God so that you can give it away, so that you can give life away, today is the day don't leave today the same don't leave today with the weights that you're carrying around if nothing else just be honest with God today if nothing else just open your heart up to him God this is where I am yes I struggle with it and I struggle with it daily but I don't want to struggle with it anymore I want to give it to you today God I wanna release this baggage. I wanna release what's keeping my family from really knowing you. I wanna release what's keeping my friends from really knowing you. I wanna release what's keeping myself from really finding my identity in you, God. Don't go home the same way today. Guests, if you need to leave, we completely understand, but we're gonna take this time to spend some time with daddy. We're going we're gonna to love on Daddy for a moment. We're going we're gonna to give Him our pain. We're going to give Him our baggage and we're going to let Him love on us. We're going to let Him lighten our load. And If you want to be a part of that, please, please don't walk out that door. God wants to make a difference in your life. God wants to plant a seed today. Again, it doesn't have to be anything massive. We're not we're not asking you to get uncomfortable. All we're asking for you to do is be honest with God. Let the seed be planted. If it's just a piece of the load that you leave today without, if you just leave one piece of baggage today here and you walk away just a little bit lighter, I promise you that's going to sprout. It's going to turn to something. You're going to be like, something's different today. What is it that's not the same? Why do I feel a little bit lighter? Before you know it, you'll wanna drop every piece of baggage you have. You'll wanna trade it all in for God's gifts. So this time, we're gonna have the worship team come back. We're gonna spend some time with God and just be honest. Just take that first step. And if you've done it, take the next step. Don't stop. You don't have to stop. We're, again, not pushing you forward. Don't want you to be uncomfortable but God's not going to make you uncomfortable. If if you've set aside everything else that's going on around you today, God's not going to let you be uncomfortable. Again, it's easy receiving Him. It's easy accepting what He has for you. Thank you so much for letting me give you my heart. Thank you so much for letting me give away what Daddy has for all of us. But let's take that time to just let go of what we're holding on to. And let's pick up a blessing. Let's start giving away God's love. Let's give away joy. Let's give away peace. Let's give away all of the good gifts that he has for us. Amen.